People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Ahoy, me mateys. Hope you're all doing well. Right, this is just a quick update show, really, just to let you know where we are. Um, obviously, things are a little bit up in the air, but we're hoping to get a show out this week. Uh, Dan's going to come on from This Week in History. He's been on before. He was on the Norse episode, uh, and hopefully we can get some stuff started. And then we're looking at doing a slightly different podcast uh, as well, uh, but I'll give you more details of that as and when. That's up and coming. Right, so today, you know, people ask me questions on email and the top question is probably, why do you like pineapple on a pizza? But, yeah. After that, they asked me, how did you get into the paranormal, you know? And, obviously, my answer to that is, haven't you listened to the show? Yeah, I think I've told you these stories. But anyway. But I realised I've not actually, like, sat down and just recorded my stories you know, the things, the shit that's happened to me. So I thought I'd give you, um, yeah, if you listen to the show for a while, you've probably heard most of this. But if you haven't, well, there you go. Stop sending me emails. Now, only on that pineapple thing. Yeah. But anyway, so, uh, no particular order, um, I suppose. Not, not chronological anyway, but I suppose the first thing that was really ticked the box for high strangeness was when we was about six or seven years old, something like that. And I was at home and we used to have cats in them days. Uh, well, I still do, but not the same cats, obviously. But um, something scurried across the floor. Now, we was in the, the back room, as we call it here in the UK, or the lounge, you might say, looking into the living room and something scurried across the floor behind what was then a settee um, and it didn't look quite like a cat you know something was off so me and uh, the other person went into the room and uh, looked over the back of the settee and to our amazement what stared back at us with huge eyes, was, to all intents and purposes, a goblin. Now, this thing was only probably a foot tall, maybe not even a foot tall. Um, Grey skin, sort of, you know, like a, you know, pale grey skin, sort of. It, it looked like it'd be more at home in water. If you think of a salamander, you know, that kind of texture to the skin. You know, a little bit slimy, but you know, definitely looked like it'd be more at home in water. You know, underwater, but no clothes, no hair, uh, human-ish ears, human-ish face, really. Uh, apart from the eyes were slightly bigger, uh, but anyway, it it looked up at us and scurried off again. And this time, it ran behind the chair, so we, you know, moved over to the chair, and again, we we jumped on the on 
the front of the chair and peered over the back. And again, it realised that we'd still sussed out where it had gone. And it looked up at us and just vanished into thin air. Um, you know, it didn't... It didn't cloak or anything like that. It just, it just was there and then it was gone. It wasn't imagination because two people saw the same thing. You know, at the same time. Um, so, yeah. Very strange. So that was probably the first thing that's really, really strange. Obviously there's a little bit of ghost things going on. Yeah, I mean, Nana's house was slightly haunted. Yeah, another property that she lived in was slightly haunted. There was a couple of things going on at, at home. Yeah, my brother had seen a shadow man, but we didn't know what it was at them days. You know, he just saw this black shape, uh, you know, human-esque shape walking down the stairs. He threw a pillar at it, um, and it didn't really react. Uh, he came back in the bedroom, went back out, turned the light out, gone. But in them days, you didn't, you know, didn't really hear about. I mean, I'm going back now to like the, the early '90s, probably. And we didn't hear about shadow men as much then. No, I don't think we did. So we didn't know what that was. It's probably years afterwards, and then you know the term is a bit more commonly used now, which is a good thing. You know, I think the paranormal is getting a bit more mainstream. Certainly, the UFO side of things is now, uh, which is good. Which is good. Uh, so yeah, there's things going on, but the goblin. I actually think nowadays, obviously, I think it was more what you call a fairy. Uh, you know, reading up on folklore and stuff like that. But at the time, it, you know, to all intents and purposes, it looked like a goblin. I don't know if you had it in America, but in England, we used to have an advert for Sprite, the, the soft drink. And um, as far as I know, they're not racist at the moment. So you can still drink Sprite, just not Coca-Cola. But... um they had an advert, and it obviously weren't being called Sprite. It featured a Sprite, which is, again, like a little goblin. And the thing that we saw was very similar to that, apart from it was a little bit more squat. You know, the one in the advert's kind of lanky. But, um, but yeah, ours was a little bit more squat. So if you want an idea, type in YouTube, type in Sprite advert featuring Sprite, Sprite or something. Sprite goblin or something like that, and it'll probably come up, and you're getting, you know, getting a rough idea. Okay, so that was, you know, that. Moving on then. So, I've definitely told this story on the show before. Uh, but for those who haven't heard it, I saw a UFO. Uh, not the only one I've seen, but this is the most significant one, I suppose. Again, we're going back now to somewhere in the age range of sort of 10 to 12. Around that sort of age. And... As kids, we used to play a game called... We used to call it Tracky. And it's kind of like tag, but you, you, you have teams. Uh, and one side is the capture, you know, captures, the, or, the, or the cops, if you like. And one side is the um, escapees or the, you know, the, the robbers sort of thing. And, you know, one team's got to catch the other team. And there's a safe zone. And when you get caught, you go into this safe zone. And the only way you can be free from that is if one of your teammates is able to get to the safe zone and tag you out, basically like out of jail, without the other team catching you. Okay, so that's the premise of the game. Once you're all caught, once you're in jail, the other team wins, and then you swap over, blah, blah, blah. Um, we used to play that for, you know, hours at a time. So this particular night, we are um, 
decide, you know, three of us decided that we was going to dig a hole under this fence where we used to play this particular game. And the idea being that if we was to dig this hole under the fence, the team that was chasing us wouldn't know about it, so we'd have an advantage. We'd be able to you know, slip under this fence and they wouldn't know where we'd gone. So we get there and we start digging and all of a sudden we realise that it's not so easy to dig in hard compact dirt. And obviously we'd brought nothing with us being 10, 10 year old, 11 year old, whatever it was. So we was just managing with our hands at first and then, you know, and then we picked up a stick or whatever. But it was hard going. So my brother at the time, he decided that he wouldn't have a note to do with it. Uh, digging one one for him at all, so he just limped back on a tree. Now this is a summer's evening, but it is dark, and it's warm out, and uh, it's a clear night, and he's limped back on this tree, and me and my mate are digging away. Anyway, after a few minutes of digging, my brother says to me, um, this star, he said, look at this star, it's massive. So we have a look around, and this star was massive, and again, you know, I've compared it the easiest way to compare, and I've used this analogy a few times now, but if you hold a 2p coin in Britain um, out at arm's length, that's kind of the size of the moon in the sky, and there was the moon was out this night. And if you hold a one penny piece out at arm's length, that's kind of the size of this star, so, you know, you can tell that this star was huge compared to you know, to just ordinary stars. Uh, you know, if you imagine a star in, in the sky is a few millimetres, you know, wide, this thing was probably getting on for a good centimetre wide. So, you know, quite big. Again, you know, you see these things from time to time. You know, you see Venus close, or you see another, um, or swamp gas, or you see something close, and, you know, these things happen from time to time. So it's nothing, at that point, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, it's strange, but hey-ho. So we carry on digging. Anyway, like I say, 10-15 minutes went past. And my brother says, that star's moving. So we stop what we're doing, and we look up. And I, was, you know, I remember, I was just about to turn around and say, no, it's not. But if you kept your eye on it, it was really, really slowly moving. And just so as, it, you know, the way it was set up, the moon was to the right, this star was to the left of the moon and it was actually getting, the gap between the moon and the, the the star was getting closer so you could see that it was moving but you know really really slowly and I remember just turning to him to say yeah you know it is moving which again you know is strange but just as I've done that and it, it turned to a craft um, and again you know I've said this before but it was about yeah, obviously we're in a park here and there's trees and obviously it was above the trees but it, it could only have been a you know a hundred feet off the ground and I would say it was at least at least a hundred meters long and probably you know it's a circle so you'd, you'd think it was you know it's sort of circular in shape so you'd think it was maybe 50 meters wide something like that you know obviously it's longer than it is uh, narrower so but it it was actually um, when I say circular in shape it was actually two overlapping discs if you like uh, like a figure of eight but not quite there was a bit more 
you know, a bit more squashed together than that, but that sort of shape. And again, there was no sound, and it just hovered there. Uh, no movement, no sound. The only light it was giving off, and it wasn't really light, you can't call it light, but it was like a, almost like a static to it. There was almost like a, an electricity in the air, if you like. Like, a, you know, like you, you might hear something that's like good enough, that static charge. That's the only thing you can really say you could hear, and even that was you know, barely, barely audible. And we probably looked at it for 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and I can't think, you know, I can't remember us saying anything other than just, you know, standing there with our jaws on the ground. And it just so happens that there's a bloke walking his dogs across the park, and he had two, two or three Alsatians, you know, German Shepherds, and um, one of us shouted out to this guy, you know, hey mister, what's that? And he's pointing at this thing. And that's what I mean, it was so silent. And no, no no light, nothing like that. He hadn't even noticed it. And it was only us shouting to him and pointing up where he looked up. And as soon as he seen it, he just took off running. Uh, at which point we got a bit, I don't want to say scared, but we got a bit, you know, like, well, he's running, so there's a reason for that. So if he's running, we're running. Um... It's like that old joke, isn't it, where the, there's a bloke running down the street and all these this crowd of people running down the street and the bloke stops me and says, uh, you know, what's going on, what's going on, why are you running? You know, and uh, he says, is it the lion's escaped from the zoo? And he says, well, which way is it? And he says, you don't think we're fucking running towards it, do you? You know, so it's kind of that and it's like, you know, he's running, so we're running sort of thing, but... This is where it gets strange, and this is always strange anyway. Uh, particularly if you don't believe in this sort of stuff, but we goes home, and obviously me and my brother were living at the same house at the, this time, so we went one way, and my mate went the other way, and obviously we met up with him the next day, so I'm school, etc. And we never spoke about it. Uh, obviously, you know, at some point we ch changed schools, and he went to a different school, and I don't really see him after that, but. Even my brother, we, we, we never spoke about it. And then, like I say, it was about maybe 10 years later, something like that. So I'm getting in my, you know, I'm in my 20s now. And I'm sat at home and I'm watching this program on uh, UFOs. And I weren't a massive you know, UFO nut or anything like that. This particular program, it was a, a, a program called Rich Planet, uh, Richard D. Hall. And he covered various different things. Uh, and this particular episode was about a UFO. And it just so happened that this little old lady, I think it was in Wales or somewhere like that, she'd seen this UFO. And she pulled up some, some traffic lights. And she saw this object in the sky, this, this what she thought was a star. And then again, it changed from a star to what she describes as a dumbbell-shaped craft. Now, the craft we was, we was directly underneath it, so could it have looked like a dumbbell from the side? Possibly. Uh, but anyway, she said she saw this craft, and she was in amazement. And she, you know, she sat at the lights, looking at this thing, and everyone's bibbing her, you know, because the lights change green, and she's not moving. But she didn't think that anybody else could see it, which is really strange, because everyone else is just bibbing her to move on. And you, you know, you think, you know, 
she can see it, everyone else can see it, but she didn't think anybody else. Anyway, as I'm watching this program, the memories of that night came flooding back to me. In a sense that, until that point, I could not remember what had happened on that night ten years ago. I didn't remember. I didn't remember the day after it happened. Up until this point, so it's been in my head for ten years, but I've not been able to remember it, which is even stranger than seeing the UFO. I think. But anyway, I rung my brother up and I said, "Right, can you come round?" And he's like, no, nah, I'm not coming round, you know. And I said, just come round, I want to show you something. Oh, I don't want to watch what you... I said, just come round. So anyway, eventually I got him to come round. I didn't tell him why, I just said, I wanted you to show you something. I sat him down, and I says, right, just watch this. So I start playing it. And he watches this old lady, she pulls up to the light, she sees that crap. And then he turns around to me and says, that's what we saw. And I said, you remember? And he's like, yeah. Then he starts telling me some details about it. And he could remember the... It was him that said, do you remember it looked underneath these two circles, these overlapping circles? So on the bottom, they looked like an old film reel. If you remember the old film reels you used to see in the cinema where they have the um, circles cut out of them. So one circle in the middle and probably four or five circles around the edge. That's what the bottom looked like. And when he said it, it came back into my memory. Um... I said to him, you know, we obviously haven't spoke about this for 10 years and it was just weird. It was just a weird moment of, you know, that memory's been in there, but it's not been on the surface, you know, it's been buried. Now, whether that was the brain doing that, because you hear about people having car crashes and they can't recall the crash, uh, but then you hear other people who can, but nine times out of 10, the brain sort of blocks that trauma out so you don't have to relive it. Now, whether it was a traumatic event that the brain wanted to show. I, I'm not so sure because we never felt like it was you know there was no jeopardy or anything like that there was nothing on the night other than that bloke running to make us run to make us fearful so I'm not sure but the other thing to point out about that night was when we was watching that craft that craft showed itself to us there's no doubt in my mind that that craft knew we was looking at it. And it wanted to show itself to us. Why? I don't know. Um, do I think it was alien? Well, yeah, I suppose 75%. You know, if you had alien, human, I would say 75% of me leans towards it being an alien craft. Just because of the technology that was involved. Uh, and the fact that it knew we was looking at it, which is... Bizarre, considering you know it's a star, so I don't know how far away it was, or whether it presents itself as a star to your mind. I don't know, but yeah, that was what happened there. Now, just recently on UFOs, and I posted this video up to um, Facebook, which my mate managed to capture. And we've been seeing these craft for oh, for ages, you know, for probably a month, but you know, period of a month. And it was all about the time when the Starlink satellites were going up. So every now and again you'd get told, oh, if you look at the night sky at 10 o'clock or whatever, you'll see these satellites going bum bum. And so obviously a lot of people were out looking at the sky. And on these nights, you would see these you know, objects, craft, whatever they are, basically appearing as balls of light, but shooting through the night sky. And they'd go, 
back and forth, you know, they wouldn't just keep going, no, it's not a shooting star, you know, where it just, everyone knows what a shooting star looks like, you know, where it just goes, zip across the sky and that's it. No, these things would zip across the sky, stop, and then come back, or, you know, do a turn, or, you know, and I remember speaking to my mate, and he'd seen them, and a few other people that I knew had seen them, you know, because everyone was out looking for the Starlink. So obviously, if you're looking at the sky, now you know the nighttime sky, you're going to see these things. If you're looking up in the sky, you are going to see these things. Now a lot of people would probably just ride it off as a shooting star, but obviously when it changes direction, and maybe there's more than one, um, you know, it's not so obvious it's a shooting star anymore. You know, it's, there's something else going on there. What those things were, I don't know. They're still seen from time to time now, uh, and he did manage to capture a video of it. And what's interesting about the video is, again, I put it on Facebook. It's only, I think the video, video itself is about a minute and a half long because he kept filming hoping that it would reappear. Actually, this one blinked out. Well, that's the other thing they do. They'll blink out and then appear somewhere else in the sky. Um, Really weird. But he kept filming hoping it would come back and it didn't. This particular night he was filming. But at the beginning of the video, it's the first sort of 10 seconds is really all oh, you see of this thing. But... If you do watch the video, you see it, it sort of it sort of moves, then zips a bit, and then slows down. It's really weird motion, but as it does that, it sort of bit it sort of moves in a semicircle sort of fashion. So it goes straight, semicircle, straight. And and I wonder if it's if it's doing something with you know, if it's able to bend gravity or bend you know, because is it bending light, you know? Why do we see it go with, you know, on the video, you can see it with your eyes, but why do you see it do that bend? You know, that's really weird. Again, if you haven't seen the video, go across to Facebook, um, go into our group, and you'll be able to find it. I'll repost it anyway, so you can see it, but it was up there. And again, just look at that first 10 seconds of that video, and anyone that, you know, thinks these things aren't real, and again, you know, this might be man-made, yeah? But there's some level of technology there that we're not privy to at the minute. If it is. Anyway, I digress. So, my stories. Um, okay, so the UFO, yeah. The Goblin. No, I'll just share one more with you then. So this is the... The night I saw... A Shadow Man. And again, this happened at... My friend's house. Um, and she'd been having issues there for a little bit she'd been in this house for probably about four or five months at the time something like that and pretty much ever since she'd been there she'd been having problems with um, something crawling in bed with her um you know like spooning her um whispering in her ear a name uh, in the middle of the night obviously she'd, she'd spin round flip the light on and that there'd be nothing there but she definitely felt a presence getting in bed and she definitely heard something calling her name. Um, and again, like I say, she'd only been in this house a few months, but she wanted to leave. Um, she was looking for somewhere else. You know, yeah, nothing wrong with the house itself. It was just this presence. She just didn't like it. And like, anyway, so this particular night, she was going out drinking in town, and a regular babysitter let her down. And so she asked me what I was doing. Now, I want drinking this night because I, I had something on the next day. So she said, well, you know, would you be able to come look after the 
babysit the boys for me. So I said, yeah, no problem. Um, so I went down there. And she probably didn't get home till maybe half past two, three o'clock in the morning, something like that. And again, you know, for those, you know, that's the witching hour, isn't it? You know, most people die between sort of one and three in the morning. That's when the body's at its lowest ebb. So there's something strange about that time of the night. But yeah, so it's about that time. And she come home and um, and I was staying there the night, so it's too late to go to go anywhere that, that particular night. So we started heading upstairs and we flick all the lights off and she's walking in front of me and and the only thing, it was like an open plan living room. The staircase was in the middle of the two rooms. And so with it being open plan, the in them days it was a v, VCR, you know, a video player, and it had these blue digits on the front, you know, the numbers were blue. And they were quite bright. And that was the only sort of light, because we had all lights off. But this video recorder was the only light that was lighting up the room, so it was all blue. So you've got that sort of blue hue, if you like. And so we're going upstairs, she's in front of me, and she's carrying a pint glass, because obviously, you know, those people know when you've had a lot of drink, you know, good drink of water before you go to bed, stop just getting hangover, allegedly. So anyway, so, you know, because you dehydrate and all that, you know. I just ended up pissing in a wardrobe, that's another matter. So, she's going up in front of me, and we just get to the, the landing. Okay, so as you've got these stairs, you get to a small landing, and straight in front of you, there's a bedroom door. Then you turn left on this landing, and again, straight in front of you there, there's a bedroom door, and you go left back on yourself again, and then there's another landing, which brings you um, probably... 12 foot something like that back to the master bedroom so it sort of comes back on yourself so as we're going up the stairs like I say she's in front of me and something ran across the landing now obviously the immediate thought is that one of the boys are up and I think the boys at that age that time were about seven six seven something like that around that sort of age so something ran across the landing and we just thought one of the boys had woken up but as we got up further up the stairs it was quite apparent that they wanted a boy there was no one there which again you know was strange but I think I clocked it just before it moved but it was stood right in the corner of so as you get to this first landing like I say you turn left turn left again brings you back on this landing but as as you turn left that right angle there right in the corner there was, a, there was somebody stood in the corner and this thing was just black you can't really describe it any other there's no way over to describe it than just black it was a person but it was just black and uh, there was just it was like it was sucking in all the light available light and I think it realised that we'd seen it or I'd definitely seen it I don't know if she'd seen it at this point but it panicked. I think it panicked, and it it lunged forward and pushed her. Um, and obviously, we're going upstairs. She's just about to sort of turn to the left towards it, and it pushed her, and, and she stumbled backwards. And I managed to catch her. But as I've done that, while all that's going on, that commotion there, this thing's took off running down the down the landing, 
um, boom, 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 down the landing to towards the master bedroom. You've got to bear in mind here as well that all the bedroom doors here are shut. Okay, so no door opens, no door closes, it's just all the doors are shut. So, obviously at that point she steadies herself and I mean, my mind stop steady, I stop so falling downstairs. Luckily I hadn't had a drink because if we both had a drink here we'd, we'd have gone down the stairs, no doubt about it. So, she takes off running down the stairs, I go up the stairs to flick the landing light on. But where this thing originally was stood, that's where the, the light switch is. So I sort of stuck, flick the light on, and obviously look around the landing, all the bedroom doors are shut. So I know straight away there's something not quite right here. I go downstairs, she's in, as you can imagine, she's in like panic mode and, uh, you know, quite emotional about it all. And she's saying, um, you know, ring the police, you know, there's a burglar, there's a burglar sort of thing. And I said, you know, that's not a burglar. And she's going, it's got to be, it's got to be someone. The kids, the kids, you know, I've got to check the kids. So I said, you know, I don't think it is a burglar, that. So I tried to calm her down. And I, I, I said to her, and she asked me to go up and check the kids and that. And obviously, so I, you know, I said, I'll go check the kids. And so I went upstairs, went in the first bedroom, first kids fast asleep. Shut that door, go in the second bedroom, second kids fast asleep. And I thought, well, I've got to check the master... It runs towards the master bedroom. So I thought, I've got to check the master bedroom. So I go in the master bedroom. There's nothing there. And I shout down to her. There's nothing here. And she comes up. And she's got me checking everything in that bedroom. Under the bed, there was like a, a box at the end of the bed where you kept, um, you know, your linen, your, your, your bed sheets and all that. And I checked that. For, that it was like a trunk, you know. I checked that. And there was nothing in there. And checked the wardrobes. And... Um, Nothing in there behind the curtains, even. I knew there was nothing there. Yeah, we weren't going to find anything, but I had to do it to appease her. Anyway, um, yeah, we turned all the lights, or she stayed in bed. I turned all the lights. It must have sat on that bed for, I don't know, maybe an hour or something like that. Before eventually, we were so tired. I didn't say at this point it was like three hours, three in the morning. That we managed to fall asleep, but it just your heart was pumping, uh, adrenaline was pumping, and it was just bizarre. It really was bizarre. Now this thing was, without a doubt, this thing was trying to hide. Um, I think we just caught it in the act. I think we, as we was going up the stairs, it didn't realise that we was going to be up there. You know, it just didn't know. And but what was it doing? You know, I hear from so many people now that these things tend to... I've even, I've even had a couple that was having sex, believe it or not, and the bloke sort of looked over her shoulder. Um, she was on top. And uh, one of these things was kneeling at the bottom of the bed, watching them. And he said it was almost like uh, it was in a prayer... You know, the prayer position on your knees? Uh, so... But it was watching him, and when he seen it, 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 it vanished into, you know, the darkness of the bedroom, you know, further back from where they were, and it just vanished, vanished. That's him texting me now, saying, "Don't tell the story about me having sex." Oh, oh dear. Anyway, so um, you know, but they got an obsession with us, definitely at night time. Oh, whether that's because just because they're shadows and they're easy to spot in the night. Which is kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? But you know, I don't know why that I don't know why that would be the case. Hmm. 
Interesting. But yeah, some people do see them in the daytime, obviously, but mostly it's at night. Mostly it's around people sleeping. Um, you know, obviously we, we did a sh- we did a show on it a while back ago called uh, I think we called it the Shadow Man or the Hat Man. And again, you know, it's mentioned in the the Kerrang. You know, as the Jin, the Jin is where we get where Genie. And in the Kerrang, it talks about if you can if you can muster the the balls essentially to knock this thing's hat off. The one I saw I didn't have a hat, by the way. I must make that clear. And the one our kids saw, and my brother saw. In England, we say our kid, but what it means brother. Um, he, the one he saw, never had a hat on either. So I don't know how common it is that they do have hats on. I don't know. You know, I wasn't looking for a hat, was I? But I don't think it had a hat on. Let's put it that way. But obviously, it talks about if you can knock its hat off, you get a wish. It will grant you a wish. And so I think that obviously the genie and the wish and shit, that's where the art comes from. We did do a show on that, and you're probably all familiar with that. So I won't go over it here. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But again, you know, if you've seen a Shadow Man or you've seen anything and you want to come on the show and tell your story or you want us to read your story out, you know, we are happy to do so. Just send it to us. Well, there's many, many, many ways to contact us, as you know, Facebook and etc. Uh, even Twitter, you know, um, Instagram, even. Uh, but yeah, you can email us. If all else fails, email us at uh, supernaturalpod at gmail.com. That's supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Yo. Simple enough, isn't it? But yeah, just send us your story and uh, yeah, we'll read it out. It'd be great. So that's pretty much it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you three stories. Beginning of the next episode, I'm going to tell you three stories that the lads at work have uh, told me just recently. They've seen, uh, well, three, three lads at work have seen three ghosts, basically. So, separate occasions, but they, uh, yeah, I'll tell you then next story. I won't, I won't go into it now. But, yeah, beginning of the next episode, I'll tell you. And I'm going to go through the Patreon, um, people that have signed up for Patreon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, honestly, there's nothing... Better than waking up to an email saying you've you've got a new Patreon supporter. Somebody that appreciates what you do. Because, you know, I'm not going to say it's hard work. Because that'd be, you know, a lot of people would say, you just knew, you're so full of shit. But, no, but, I mean, obviously a bit goes into this. And, you know, it is time consuming and all the rest of it. Anyway, you know all that shit. But, yeah, thank you very much to the people who supported us on Patreon. And I will, I will read your names out in the next episode. I would have done it now, but um, I didn't know I was going to do this till I started doing it. You know, that's how these things happen. So I haven't got a list at hand, but I will at the beginning of the next show. I promise, or at the end of the next show, in next show, some point, definitely, but almost definitely, it's like Boris Johnson now. Uh, almost definitely, possibly, never, uh, maybe, definitely, definitely. Uh, lockdowns, lockdowns, infection. Uh, uh, but yeah. Almost definitely, possibly, in the next show, I will give you a list of the Patreon people. who support. You know who you are, but I mean, just say thank you to you personally. Um, we've got a new name for Patreon, and we're going to do something slightly different. And, you know, we want you to help us, you know, because we do need your help. So anyway, Patreon, that's next episode. I'm rambling, I've had a drink. Um, oh yeah, before I go, if you haven't already, and there's no reason really to do 
this, but if you want to, uh, there's a friend sent me a, a, a video of a friend in Australia, I should point out, sent us a video of um, the deadliest animals in Australia. And fantastic video, real. Fuck Australia, it's just mental. Everything wants to kill you there. You know, America's pretty bad as well. It's almost, I mean, the Serengeti almost seems pretty mild compared to Australia. But anyway, the point was, they sent me this video and I watched it and I thought, well, there should be one of them for the UK, you know? So I did one. So if you want to know what the most dangerous animals are in the UK, um. Yeah, you could shoot your children, but there's probably a little bit of salty language in there. It is me. Okay, just saying. But go to our YouTube channel, type in... You got a pen and paper? Get one then, hurry up. What things to do here, you know? Right, you got one? You could just pause it, obviously. Type into YouTube... Realm of the Supernatural Podcast... Dangerous Animals... UK. Okay, got that? Do that and watch the video and uh, and share it on your social media and all that because let's face it, it's only, it's not supernatural or like that, it's just dangerous animals. Um, so they can't criticise you for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a little thing that I did just to show you what's dangerous in the UK. Thank you very much. For doing that, I know you haven't already, but when you know when you do, obviously. And thank you very much for supporting us, and thank you very much for just listening and you know making a boy's dream come true. Thank you very much, and uh, we will be back sooner rather than later. So that being said, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Mm -hmm.